This is one of my favorite passages, my all-time favorite after the resurrection, of course, but is the four men and the paralytic. Because the four men and the paralytic show the Catholic teaching of intercessory prayer. The man laying on the mat, it was not his prayers that saved him. It was the four men on the roof. Jesus says, your, he didn't look at the man on the mat and say, your prayers healed you. He looked at the four men and said, their prayers have healed this man. But one of my second favorite passages is this one. Because here it talks about our own need to pray, not to count on somebody else. Perseverance in prayer. We all get that dryness. What's the use? If I had a dollar for every time I've heard, well, God knows what I need anyway. I don't have to tell God what I need. Why bother? And then when I do anyway, it seems like nothing happens. Whoa, how contraire. So let's look at what our Lord has to say here. First of all, I, I find this passage interesting because we talked about this in seminary. Travelers often journeyed, and we talked about this late. They would travel late in the evening. This is like Father Cass. Father Cass always drives at midnight. If he had to go to Washington, D.C., he would leave here at like 10 o'clock at night. Never understood that. But then he said, I love night driving. There's no traffic. You know, you don't get all the problems. You just, it's much easier. It's quiet. You can pray. So Father Kaz would travel at night. And this is what these people would do. But they travel at night to avoid the heat of the mid, midday, right? So anyway, there was, though, something different than we have today. There was a sacred obligation of hospitality. They were obligated. As late as it was, this man went to borrow from a friend. Now, what did he find? When he got to the house, the door was shut. Here's the point. The way it was then, and kind of similar to sometimes today, in the morning, the door was opened to houses, and the door would always be open all day long. But when, in the evening, it got late, they would shut the door. And that was a definite sign that they said, do not disturb. Shutting the door was the physical sign that they didn't want to be disturbed. But here comes a guy, a friend, seeking help. He's not to be deterred. Knock. He knocked. Right? He knocked and he kept on knocking. So basically during this time, here's what's interesting that I learned. I didn't know this. Families were large back then and they would sleep together for warmth. They didn't have indoor electrical heating or gas heating. So they slept together, big families, for warmth. In fact, um, they would even bring in animals sometimes. And they would sleep with them. But anyway, there was a problem because for one to get up, you would disturb the whole family. This was, this was the problem. So, um, you know, this man, this is probably no wonder why he didn't want to get up. What does he say? My family's in bed. I don't want to disturb them. All right. Now, but this man, the man who received a late night guest, faces a dilemma here. Didn't I just say that they were bound to be hospitable? Yeah. But now he has a family he doesn't want to disturb. So he's got this dilemma. He has a guest, but he's got no food. So he has a choice here. He must make a choice, either to be rude 
not hospitable, and basically not welcome this guest, have no food, or he disturbs his family, gets up, tries to find food, and if he has no food, goes to his own neighbor and gets food. But this neighbor may also be in bed too. So what do you do? Okay, this is interesting. All right, Jesus basically compared, and here's basically the words of Jesus, okay? Basically, Jesus is saying if there's this unwilling house owner that can in the end be convinced by a friend's shameless persistence, because Jesus says right here, he says, I tell you, if he does not get up, because of their friendship, he will get up to give him what he needs because of his persistence. Interesting. So Jesus is saying, it's not even maybe, if he doesn't do it for his friendship, which is good, he's going to at least do it because of this guy's persistence. How many of us have faced that? I know the squeaky wheel does get the grease. So here's what happens. So Jesus is basically saying, if he doesn't, this unwilling householder can be in the end convinced by this guy's shameless persistence into giving him what he needs, how much more will God give what we need? How much more will God, who is a loving father, not annoyed, if the guy who, who is annoyed will still give what you need, how much more will God, who's not annoyed, give you what you need and supply everything? If you, who are evil, easily annoyed, know that you are bound to supply for your friends and children, how much more will God, who is Father, supply? And he says, if the evil guy will supply, God will give you much more. He says, what good father whose son asks for a fish will give him a snake? I always laugh. You know who did? My father. <laughs> when I was a little kid, we were in Salt Lake City, Utah. There was a lot of snakes around. And my dad was the manager of the truck center for G GMC. And I was five or whatever. And my dad was this tough Marine coming back from Vietnam and wanted me to be a tough kid, didn't want, didn't want a wimpy son. And so they're sweeping up the truck center and they swept up this little baby snake and they were going to kill it. My dad's like, no, 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 I'll take it. So where's my dad? My dad brings home the snake for me as a pet. Now he didn't know that a baby could be as venomous or more venomous than an adult snake. He thought, well, it's just a baby snake. It's just a little baby snake. This thing can't hurt anybody. Well, it ended up being a baby rattler. <laughs> and so, so my dad, God bless him, he didn't know. I guess he should have known, but he didn't. And he brings home this baby snake and the neighbor lady, because we had just moved to Utah. We were from Michigan, so we didn't know about these Western rattlers. And the neighbor... Um, saw and freaked out and killed the little baby snake. And my dad's like, oh my gosh, the son's going to be traumatized by the killing of the snake. Well, no, the son would have been <laughs> much more hurt by the bite of the snake. And so I laugh because what father would give his son a snake when he asked for a fish? I always ask for goldfish. 
And so what son who asked for a fish would get a snake? Would father would, add, would give them a snake? My dad. So it does happen. But God in his wisdom is going to not be outdone in generosity. He is going to give what we need. But here's the important thing. Sometimes we get frustrated. All right. All right. Prayer. The, the whole message of this gospel is prayer. If we do not receive what we pray for, it is not because God grudgingly refuses to give us help, but because he has something better in store for us. I told you before, I, in the course of my life, prayed for the perfect wife. And I was planning on marrying. I had the perfect girlfriend. And we we're planning on getting married. And I prayed, Lord, Lord, send this perfect. You hear my prayer. You, you give me that perfect wife, Lord, with a big Catholic family. And uh, it'd be awesome. God didn't answer that prayer. He did answer that prayer. But I thought he didn't. God did answer that prayer with something much better. My spouse is now not a physical, nice, kind, pretty female. My spouse is the church. My spouse is much greater, much, much greater. So when I prayed to God for a spouse, I didn't think he answered. And in fact, he answered in a much greater way, in a much greater way. And sometimes we're, we're, we don't see that. I didn't see it. I, don't, I didn't see it then. I certainly see it now. And that's how God works. And so... Here's the important point. There's no such thing as unanswered prayer. The prayer may not, God answers every prayer. It just may not be the way you want. This is important or the way you expect. It may not even be in this lifetime. God may not even answer the prayer till after you are passing or at the moment of your death. Jesus says many conversions that you prayed for, for your son, your daughter, your husband, your mother, your father. Jesus makes very clear that many of those conversions you will never see in this lifetime. So there you go, thinking God didn't answer prayer. When in fact, he floods the soul with graces at the moment of their death when you can't see it. And I'm going to have uh, postulant Alex read from the diary, 1698, where Jesus explains what happens at the moment of death, all your prayers kick in. Maybe for years they were stored up and nothing visible happened and you lost faith. But to those who persevere in prayer to the very end, yeah, God may bring a conversion in this lifetime where you can see it like St. Augustine, but sometimes not. Sometimes, Jesus says, the conversion, in fact, most times, the conversion doesn't even happen until the person is at the moment of their death and you don't see it. But the grace of your prayers and perseverance of your prayers for your loved one helped their conversion. That's what we're going to read about when Alex reads that from the diary at the end of communion. It's one of the most powerful passages in the diary. Incredible. And so even when it appears that we've been refused by God, it is the answer of the love and the wisdom of God to either say yes to what we ask or wait or 
Yeah, but not exactly in that way. And so this is important. You know, when we ask God to provide for our needs, keep going, even if it doesn't seem he's answering, because we recognize his existence and his authority in our lives when we even ask him. All right. God wants us to do this. You know, um, I never wanted to be provincial superior. It's, it's a lot of work. But when the brother, when a brother comes to me and says, um, Father, is it okay if I do this or that or whatever? They're, they're recognizing the authority. Not, not me personally. It's the authority of the office. And when we go to God and say, God, can you guide me here? Or can you help me here? We're recognizing his authority over us. Again, in our case with the provincial superior, it's not me, it's the office. But with God, it is the person. That's what makes it so great. And so when we expect God to just give us all we need, when we go into prayer, Lord, I need this, I need this, I need this. How is your prayer? How is it? Is it like that? Or worse, you have all this, give me what I need, Lord. I don't even need to ask. You know what I need. I don't even need to ask you. We're placing the whole burden of our salvation on God and nothing on ourselves. And people will say, well, that's exactly why I'm not Catholic, because you think it's about yourself. No. God did all the work on the cross, but we have to cooperate with that grace. You know, we're being lazy if we say, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to do nothing. You're being lazy. You know, I, I, there's a phrase there that... Uh, uh, basically, I wrote down, it says, you know what I need, Lord, just give it to me. Hmm. Well, I focus on my own interests. No, it doesn't work that way. Not only is this laziness, it's pride. Treating God like a servant to see to our own whims. Be careful of that. You know, too often our prayers are merely wishes cast up to heaven. And that's not real prayer. That's not real prayer. I think it's important. The problem is in our disposition to receive or not, not in God's desire to give. God is always willing to give. The question is, what is your disposition? Are you willing to receive what's best for you? You all know what's best for you. I mean, I know it's better to eat a bunch of greens and fig leaves for dinner rather than a Big Mac. But sometimes I weaken, I'm traveling, I'm hungry, and I have a Big Mac. But I really know what's better for me. Now, a good loving father and parent would say, you don't need that high sugar soda, drink water. But we don't understand. I don't want that. I want the soda. And our loving father says, no, this is better for you. Are we willing to say, you know what? You're right. It is better for me. I'm thirsty. God answered your prayer. He gave you something better. Not full of sugar and calories, but the water of life. I just think this is very important, and we don't really think about this. So we have to have the right dispensation. So any human father loves to bless his children. 
and would never answer a simple request for something good with something evil. So if I want or need something, God will answer with something good. Maybe just not exactly what we want, but something that's better for us. So we need to pray, even when we don't feel like it. You know, uh, last night we're doing this Rosary Congress, and we're doing 24 hours, uh, 24 7 adoration this whole week. And, and I've been on the 11 o'clock slots. And I go in sometimes through the day just to check in and whatnot, but I try to get my duties done. I do my other prayers. We have our community prayers and our rosaries and whatnot. But, you know, I, I go in there um, at, at 11. And last night I was really tired. And I, Brother Mark and I were working, and we were working on some letters. And in the middle of, or no, actually we were working on memorials. And Brother Mark was designing some stuff for the memorials. And by the way, um, we're really working really hard because some of our memorials, um, the stone has crumbled. We're working, very, Brother Mark is working very hard to try to fix that for you and try to find solutions. And in the middle of that, I jumped up. I said, oh my gosh, I'm late. I got to go to adoration. Now, some of us will not go to prayer because at that moment I was tired. Um, I was hungry. I didn't feel like praying. I really was the last, I probably wasn't, in a prayerful mood, but I went because there's more merit in praying when you don't feel like it than there is praying when you feel like it. If you are really in a prayerful mood, give thanks to God for the consolation. But if you're not in a prayerful mood, don't say, well, I'd be a hypocrite if I went to the chapel now because I'm not in the mood. Actually, there's more merit when you pray when you don't feel like it than when you do, because you are giving, you're saying, Lord, I don't want to be here. I'm tired. I'm hungry. You know me, but I'm here because I love you. There's more merit in that. And so for me, that's a very powerful, and you know, love, that's why there's so many divorces nowadays, because people think love is an emotion, that I, I don't feel in love with you anymore. We're going to get a divorce. Motions go up and down, as I always say. If love was, if, if, if marriages were based just on emotion, nobody would remain married because emotions go up and down. Love is an act of the will. I choose to love you, Lord, no matter what, through thick and thin. And I'm going to continue to love you even when, to your spouse, I'm going to continue to love you even when you drive me crazy. And I know I drive you crazy. And so that is what this message of this prayer is. You persevere in prayer. Even when you don't feel like it, there's a lot of merit. You go to see God even when you are not in the mood, your emotions are not right, because it's an act of the will. I choose to love you. That's what marriage is. I choose to love you through thick and thin, rich or poor, better or worse. If it was just based on emotions, you would say, well, I choose to love you for better, but not worse. If love was only based on emotions, you would say, I would love you for richer, but I won't love you for poorer. Uh-uh. And that's the message of today's gospel. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. 
That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.